Business, the people, the places, and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. They sweep down to the home turn. Widest runner coming into the turn. Arcade sweeps up on the outside of Ancient Echoes. The launcher sitting in there behind him. Hazars looking for a gap between those two leaders. Briz Vegas there and down the outside. That song putting in a good run and uh, reach for heaven out wider on the track. That song sweeps up into the centre of the track for McMahon and Austin. They're looking for another win. Briz Vegas battling on Hazar. That song under the whip. That song goes clear. We all know one of those songs and that song's done it today. Gets up and wins over maybe Hazar in a photo with Briz Vegas in for second and third back along the rails. Ancient echoes. Millions of people watching and listening to Rob Lux broadcast there on the Sky and Radio Network on Saturday afternoon. And Rick McMahon, he's had a wonderful start to the season, nine from 27. Good morning, Rob Luck. How are you? Well done on that Saturday. Yeah, good morning, Steve. Thank you very much. Uh, privileged to be able to be uh, calling country TAB meetings out here in the area, Steve. But uh, what a great thing to be seeing, country TAB meetings at Bar Calden on Saturday. And, look, we had one at Emerald on, on yesterday, which we'll be talking to Scotty Power mm. shortly. But, uh, yeah, no, it was a great day's racing. And eight races, Steve, with $15,000 prize money on each uh, race. You can't ask for too much more in the yeah. country, can you? Rob, how many TAB meetings is that for you now? <laughs> oh, probably up around maybe six, seven, I think, um, because with COVID uh, last year, we had uh, a few more, so maybe a little bit higher than that. I'm not sure. We've had a couple of long-reach cups uh, out here, and again, this year on the 25th of September. And uh, Bar Calden's come on with the tab meeting. So, yeah, you know, I'm getting close to double figures, Steve. Mm. And how were the nerves on Saturday? Uh, not too bad. It, uh, I think it all came down to the fact that the uh, the microphone and the uh, the sky work and and linking through the speakers at the course were making tremendous feedback, and as a result, there was a bit of panic going on before the first. And I said, "Well, I've got no control of this. I'll just worry about looking at the races." And and uh, no, it's probably the most settled I have been. Uh, is it a good is... track to call at, Bark Holden? Yeah, Barky's good. It's uh, got a stand that's really high up. A uh, few few structural things in the stand make it a bit hard to see some parts of the track. But it's only for fleeting seconds. Yeah, it's a lovely the grass track and the outback, so you can't really ask too much more. <laughs> and when did you call your first ever race? Me? Ah, uh, look, oh, no, that goes way back Does it? to... Okay. Um, to one meeting where we just didn't have a caller at Longreach and this is going back maybe 15 years and um, that was just a one-off and that was a that was a terrible moment <laughs> except except it uh, created the desire to call races but it was a shocker basically but uh, only really probably in the whole central west the last six seven years full-time um, we've we've lost race race callers out here bingo smith in the area here and of course the legendary john dollinger um, and i was just filling in at different times but probably the last six years or so full time for the area and yeah. i think we're pretty blessed we've got some good up and coming callers um across the state haven't we in the country you know you've you got peter rowe who can't be on this morning uh, he's doing a great job up in the far north and of course uh you got andrew watts coming up behind me here i think they i think us old fellows uh we just like to keep the ball rolling and make sure we can show them we're, we're still capable of uh keeping up to the mark yeah. for them i think there's something inside us all anyone who's passionate and a bit of a racing enthusiast i think deep down in our our hearts we'd all like to be we're secret race callers you know in the bin the, in the kitchen sometimes or in the lounge room on a saturday but uh, to get up and actually do it um yeah it's um yeah I, I think all of us have had a crack at doing it off the tv and so on and think we could be we could do it but 
I'd be a bit frightened getting up behind binoculars and giving it a go. Oh, it's, yeah, and you're right, but once you've given it a go, I think it's a bit like something like surfing. You go out and have a crack at that and you can see why those surfers, well, my son's a mad, avid surfer and I can see why he loves if I couldn't even get up and, and get in, but I'd keep trying, I'd keep going out. And I think it's a bit the same. You just get a bit of a bug and you say, I can d- have a crack at this. And I'm probably more self-taught than a lot of guys that do it a little bit more naturally, but you keep learning every time and uh, I think you're your own biggest critic. So I... Uh, Across the board, I was pretty happy on Saturday, Steve. As she said, and I appreciate those comments, um, getting through an eight-event program, which featured, as, as you mentioned there at the intro, Rick McMahon. I know you uh, like reporting on him on Bushbeat, and the comeback trail has really been good since the Northwest for Rick. But what a combination with Toddy Austin at that meeting. Uh, four winners, but also multiple place-getters across the day. Um Steve, the other good thing was for the Central West, the prize money, seven of the eight races were kept in the Central West. And uh, that's big TAB prize money, and that's the bonus. That's the icing on the cake. Uh, and it now follows up with the Longreach Cup meeting on the 25th. And the only winner that um, wasn't from the Central West, actually, Gary Bignall, who's originally from Ningen, he's been basing himself in the southwest corner near Charleville for a couple of months now. And he had another plan that won the Junda Cup the previous week. And the same Quinella came up when another plan just got the better of doom, a Todd Austin-Brooke-Richardson combination and Dixie Preacher. So another plan was actually the only winner from outside the area because you look through and you see Todd McMahon, Rick McMahon, uh, Todd Austin, Rick McMahon. And what I loved about Rick McMahon's work was it didn't matter whether it was a front runner like Wall Street Tycoon taking the first one, a Tycoon ruler, you had Rick McMahon and Ash Butler fighting out the finish there and a nose separating them, basically, when Wall Street Tycoon got up over Kelmar. Uh, that on-pace ability, ability to judge pace, I've often I've heard uh, Dan Ballard say once that if you're in a race with Rick McMahon, you know the pace will be perfect because he's got a, a unique ability to judge it. But then the ability to sit behind on horses like Blade Man that was pretty green the doomsday, took the cutest money, and that's good to see it go off as well. And he uh, had to switch heels, almost clipped heels at one point in the straight. And uh, he zoomed home and won. And the same, the judgment of pace with top weight horses like Yule My Hero having first run for the uh, stable. And congratulations to the Gary Peoples Ownerships Group. Gary had two winners on the day. And this one actually had Leon Roberts and Lyle Murray, um, two other uh, panel members for the country racing panel with Gary in the ownership. Yule uh, My Hero had to carry that big weight. And that song which you heard at the beginning, he had 58, and he produced that sprint at the end. Just a good timing and judgment uh, of Rick's riding to um, do that. Uh, He's a real asset to whoever he is riding. But let's not forget Emma Bell, uh, great record she's building, and the great record with Boingo, that mare by helmet for Rod Little, that uh, was a... uh, a first emergency for the Battle of the Bush, but now it's won its last three being back out here and won the Mudderborough Cup uh, last start. And then, of course, uh, Emma backed it up uh, with a win on surprise selection, David Rewald over Tower Road in the benchmark 55, and that was a, a vigorous ride to get that home. But there is an up-and-coming horse, I've got to mention, mm, the last race one? of the day. Strike point, Mark Oates, Ben Moffat. This horse, five, five wins and two placings from seven at the distance. And uh, he's had two wins and three placings his last five. Six wins and five minor placings from 13. He's by El Mahar. And Mark has had a real opinion of him. And he's just been pacing him perfectly. And uh, he was very strong getting up by 
a neck over the Todd Austin runners Zebane and Kettleston, which uh, Josh Fleming's part ownership in uh, Kettleston, and it rattled home at the end for Rick McMahon. But uh, Strike Point, he is really one to follow. He's going uh, places. It was only a class three, but look out for him down the track. But uh, it was really good to see the extent of racing. There were about six races with uh, five, I think, with uh, maximum fields. So uh, that's a good sign for the country racing in the Central West, and well done to um, Toddy Austin and uh, Rick McMahon being the taking the honours for the day. That'd have to be one of the best strike rates in the country, jockey-wise, wouldn't it? Uh, nine winners from 27 rides. Rick McMahon this season wouldn't well, be too many better than that. No, no, and uh, well, he's had a good uh, mentor, if you like, if you can call Dan Ballard the mentor up there in terms of strike rates. When you look back at previous seasons, Dan's uh, in a similar boat, and there's some good young uh, apprentices coming through doing similar things, um, but uh, just good to see that standard of riding. And when you've got guys like Rick McMahon and Ash Butler there on the day, Ash has been going extremely well on that provincial circuit, mm-hmm. and when they're fighting out finishes, uh, it's it's just top racing, isn't it, across the board? Is indeed. Uh, that wraps up Bar Cold and the tab meeting on the weekend. This favourite's rolling along, Serfina, as they travel towards the 400. Uh, it's a length and a half in front now. Magic Trick the Grey gets off the rail to give chase. They're followed by My Best Effort tracking through in the centre and Mashani Rebel to the extreme outside. They come down past the 200. It's Serfina a half length in front. My Best Effort's trying hard the inside. They're followed by Magic Trick. It's Serfina in front. My Best Effort's after Serfina. My Best Effort Beat Serfina. Tight third. Mashani Rebel in front of Magic Trick. Yes, yeah, Serfina cruised to the front like many expected, but was beaten by a horse ridden by Wendy Peel. Robert, it had emerald yesterday. Yeah, and as I just mentioned before, isn't it great to see two country tab meetings Saturday and Monday, Bar Calden and Emerald for the country trainers. And of course, Glenda Bell was an example coming out here unsuccessful at Barky, but had winners a win there, of course, at uh, Emerald on the weekend. And Scotty Paris uh, talking about race calling, here's one guy that's helped me a lot, uh, Steve, in giving me tips and advice all the way through and really always appreciate with Scott. Uh, good morning to you, Scotty Power. Great calling again there at Emerald yesterday after a bit of a, a hiccup to the start of the day. Yeah, thanks, Robbie. Good morning to you. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, we did have a little bit of a delay before the starting of proceedings yesterday, but uh, fortunately enough, a horse did get cast in the stalls, uh, Spanish Beans, and uh, was a late scratching. And there was a delay because it did get cast and was... Uh, down on, on its um, on the ground and, and was unable to be moved, but they did move the barriers um, into a different direction so the horse could be removed. and And luckily enough, there was no injury um, sustained major to the horse or the rider, so that was a, a good result out of something that could have been a lot worse. But uh, the meeting did go ahead, and um, yeah, eventually it was a great day's racing up there yesterday. Yeah, and Scott. Um Adam Sewell. Now, Adam was out at Bar Calden on Saturday and uh, riding extremely well. He's very uh, polished and talented jockey, Adam, and he travels up the provincial circuits. Well, great to see him get that treble there yesterday and uh, kicked off with that first race on Mashani Farrow, but uh, he's getting the rewards, Adam Sewell, with that treble there yesterday. Yeah, no, Adam does a lot of travelling, and um, I know a lot of them will travel to Mackay today for the meeting up there as well, but Adam went to Barky and he teamed up with the Manzeman Stable with Mashani Farrow. Uh, then he teamed up later on in the afternoon with the Olivia Cairns stable, uh, won the open handicap on the Grand Old Campaigner Mason's Chance and then teamed up in the final event on the card to uh, give uh, excellent Mosh every possible chance and, and narrowly won that last race in a terrific finish. But, yeah, no, good to see Adam getting the rewards, mate. He's doing a lot of travelling and, and that's uh, just deserves for him. You mentioned Olivia Cairns had a double on the day as well. Uh, Mason's Chance... Um for Adam, yes, an excellent mosh, but also David Reynolds and Wendy Peel 
um, a strong result after the drama in the first when uh, his runner, Spanish Bean, was the horse that got cast, but the day ended up a lot better for David and Wendy. Yeah, they certainly did. They combined with uh, My Best Effort, as you just heard. And I would just mention about My Best Effort, it's it's only a Class 1 horse, got into the Class 6 plate. Now, Serpina's um, no slouch, as we know. It's won two on the trot at Mackay and Rockhampton before yesterday, and, and it's a very, very handy galloper. But uh, My Best Effort got in with 53.5 kilos because of the fact it's a Class 1 horse and a Class 6 plate. But you go back to the start of the year, Robbie, and... Um, I see it finished 6 out of 16 at Flemington behind Zesty Bell. Now, I know the Rannell Stable has only had the horse for... That was its fourth start yesterday. Um, I think if it finds a little bit of form, it's, it's eligible for a lot lower class races, my best effort. So we'll just keep an eye on that one. Um, and then Wendy Peel, of course, teamed up with um, later on in race number six on the card, and, and they got the money with Prompt Reply. Uh, Prompt Reply um, was down the track at Roma, but there was um, excuses that day. But before that, it was third at Nanango. And I know that they did give the horse some sort of chance yesterday, and it was pretty juicy odds, and got home strongly to edge out Tom Starr and a terrific finish to also to race number six. And uh, Kim McGovern and Shane McGovern, now this horse begin, it's got a fair bit of ability. I think it's pretty underrated. I was sitting at home watching this, and I thought, hmm, there's a horse I should be uh, having a bet on, I think, because it was so good at Dingo, but I can remember it. I'm pretty sure it was Bark Old, and it came out here in the Central West for a win. And they've been very patient with it, uh, but it was just dominant over Carino in that benchmark 50. Yeah, it did have a few issues, I think, Robbie. Um, after it won at Bark Hallen, um, it did have a fair bit of time off. That was October last year. Um, it didn't start again until July this year, so there were issues with the horse. I know that the stable have a big opinion of Begin, uh, a very stylish-looking chestnut. Um, you could see it travelling beautifully coming to the home turn yesterday, but it won very well at Dingo in a lower-class race in a Class B but they stepped it up to the benchmark 50 yesterday. And, um, you know, it won a quarterling. And as you said, mate, it was way overs, way overs in the odds, I thought. And um, yeah, it won accordingly. The odds on favourite Carino finished in second spot. But, no, there's more wins in store for Begin. And I know that Shane has got a, um, you know, had a smile on his face again yesterday with the great win it had. And you would have loved the result of race uh, two, uh, Queen of Pioneer Park, Glenda Bell, Aunt Artie Glenda and Les Tilly, Sharacey. Are you in this one at all? No, this is raced by Bobby White, who also races Demurrell. Now, I think Demurrell may be um, moving to another stable uh, later on this week, but we'll just wait to see there. Uh, but Shirasi um, gets back in its races. Then there's been racing on the tracks at Roma, Moorumbah, and did go to McCoy, finished down the track, but not that far behind the leader. Um, and then finished second at Bluff last week. Now, it did miss the start of Bluff. It got a long way back. And on those dirt tracks, as you know, Robbie, some of the horses... Uh, with the kickback, uh, don't stretch out. And Shirasi got going late at Bluff, but onto the turf track yesterday, and, and Bubba Tilly gave it a 10 out of 10 ride. And, uh, yeah, like when the favourite sort of kicked away when they straightened up favourite things, uh, you could see Shirasi tracking into it nicely in that last 100 metres of the race. I was pretty impressed with the written tycoon mares uh, run to the line, and I think there'd be more wins in store there for the Glenda Bell stable with Shirasi. Yeah, you're right when you say the dirt kickback on some of those dirt tracks and uh, sand tracks. A lot of uh, horses do uh, resent it. But uh, across the board, to to have this ability to have the country tab prize money on offer over seven races there, eight at Barcaldon. Of course, Barcaldon was the substitute meeting for the Birdsville um, uh, Carnival. And we have the similar one up here at Ilfracombe this Saturday replacing Baduri. But, Scotty, it's just it's just a, a real asset to the country racing for the participants, particularly with that prize money off on offer. And, and great to see that cutest money went totally off in the, in the first race on the program as well. 
Yeah, like the both the winner and the runner-up yesterday got the cutest compliment. And um, as you say, it's it's great to see the uh, Queensland Racing like benefit to all the participants with the fact that that prize money from the Birdsville meeting was was transferred over to the Barky meeting. And a great day's racing out there, mate. I take my hat off to everyone out that way. It was looked terrific on you know watching the on on the on the screens and um and you've done a great job as always, mate, on the weekend. And uh, yeah, good to see that the other meetings are going to uh, you know travel. You know, with the Birdsville uh, tracks sort of cancelled, but they're going to still trek into these meetings and, and people that were endeavouring to sort of trek out to those uh, meetings and do the whole circuit, well, they're still going to be able to get that prize money that was on offer. And as I said, we go back to Ilfracombe this weekend with a six-event program. And uh, yeah, thanks, uh, Steve. One thing you might know is that... Yes. Um, I. I, I did a bit of teaching with Scotty Power, but it was in the classroom when I was at uh, Blackwater High School. But I can assure you, as I said earlier, he's taught me a lot in terms of uh, race calling, one of the, the best you'll find in uh, in Queensland. Did you give him the cane? <laughs> no, he no. used to pinch the... He, he loves telling the story, don't you, Scotty? He used to pinch the form guide out of the Friday paper in the teacher's common room and you'd know where it had gone. But we were doing economics at the time, so there was always odds to be discussed. It was a good way to teach economics, eh, Scott? I really appreciated it, Robbie, and um, no, as always, mate, thank you. Thanks, Scott. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Scott Power joining us this morning on uh, Bushbeat. Off the back they go onto the side, 600 out and he's well class, put a bit of pepper in the event. It went to the lead from Fiorelli, who's trying to go with it. Coming into it is Kingsbridge, Pawsey's going for four today. And they were followed then by Barella. Victory dancers on a forward move on the back of Kingsbridge, then Sunny Cowboy, the good, the bad and Regal Heart. Into the straight they come in the Pims Mariba Cup for 2021. He's well class shot away. And after it, Victory Dance down the outside. He's well class. Victory Dance is doubling it up. He's well class in front. Victory Dance is coming the two legs. He's well class. He's well class beat Victory Dance. Yes, the Mariba Cup last weekend. He's well class. Trainer Jared Wheelow and Scott Sheargold rode the horse, Rob. Yeah, and Bluey Forsyth doing uh, a great justice with that excitement, as you find with these cup races. There's plenty of cup races coming up in, in coming weeks, and this is uh, the Pims Mariba Cup. It was a benchmark 65 over the 2000. Uh, Peter Rowe was coming on this morning, but he's uh, got a big training day. But he did uh, note to me that uh, he's wow class. The first time it's gone to a rocky visitor, of course, with Jared Wheelow and Scott Sheargold, and a, and a great ride from... Uh, what Peter reported over Victory Dance and uh, Kings Bridge, and he won at Mackay four back, so he's only had three from 19, but good to see some of these cup races aren't just about the open company. It's a benchmark 65, and and uh, a really exciting finish there, getting up by basically the half length over Victory Dance. But um, Shane Pawsey, Steve, now, Shane Pawsey, um, as Peter, I, I had something in the back of my mind to say that he was, he'd been out of the saddle for a while, and it was correct, he broke his neck last year. Did he? Um, yeah. He hadn't been back, uh, back that long, but uh, Peter commented that he, he just rode the track beautifully and, of course, picked up the treble on the day. Just to look at those winners for him, uh, the dream ahead gelding, you dreamt what for Trevor Rowe beating home uh, his son Peter uh, with Devil's Prediction. So the family uh, Quinella there, and it was a, a big win by four lengths with Emma Rocket in third. That kicked it off for... Shane, he then combined with Athel Ryan with Macapento, uh, the Archipelago that won at Oak Park. It's only having its third run for the stable. Defeated Miss Claire and Buon. Uh, then race to race winner with Renee Chalenz's uh, Forgiato, a super easy five-year-old that's two from two at the track. So uh, been racing in the tab races of late and started odds on favourite. Defeated Hell of a Hurry, 
hell of a hoffer, and uh, musical girl. So um, great result there for Shane Pawsey and uh, clearly dominated proceedings on the day with that treble. But, of course, Lacey Morrison continued in the comeback saddle with Shalita Villiers fluttering the shooting to win that's been unplaced at tab races lately. And it uh, got up and defeated Sir Roland and, and Sogni in the uh, Mariba bracelet, the benchmark 60 handicap. So uh, Shane Pawsey's making a real fist of the mm. comeback after being out of the saddle for some yeah, time. Yeah, we talked about Rick McMahon's stats. He's looking impressive as well. Uh, Shane Pawsey's had 21 rides this season for four winners, which were all, as you mentioned, that Mariba, uh, three seconds and one third. I remember when Shane was riding down in that Riverina area of New South Wales for such a long period of time, many, many years ago. Yeah, and it's great to see. It's like I think it's like anything in life. If you're, you're in form, you get confidence, you boot home the winners. It's like horses. Once they get a winning trot going, they tend to extend it. And, of course, um, this Friday, Saturday up there, we've had, had a great Cairns Carnival as part of those provincial carnivals um, up the coast, and uh, we've just finished the Cairns one. But now we've got the Far North Queensland Amateur Turf Club Friday, Saturday meeting with Ladies' Day on on the Friday and on the uh, Saturday. Of course, you've got the, uh, the Cairns Amateur Cup uh, meeting, I think it's what basically it's called, um, Steve. But um, the um, the horse that um, Peter mentioned to keep an eye on, yeah, Cairns Amateur Cup race day on the Saturday. Desert Cowboy, I know it's from his dad's team, but he said he's back. Watch out for him at the amateurs. Desert mm -hmm. Cowboy is uh, is Peter Rowe's tip from the far north. He just couldn't be with us this morning to give a more detailed update of that. But he said the Cowboy is back. Watch out for him over whatever race meeting he is in over Friday, Saturday. What about John Letts? Is going to be in Cairns uh, tomorrow for the Melbourne Cups, travelling all around the country. It's going to be up there for the Cairns Amateur Carnival, but big press conference tomorrow with Letts and a few others featuring there. And that, um, I know you sent me an email and I, didn't, I couldn't get it to print it off, Steve, but uh, that's part of the, the usual Melbourne Cup tour, but the Cup itself not moving from its base, but Letsy's being able to get up there, which is great. And isn't that a great promotion to get that going every year and going to be at the Cairns Amateurs? Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a massive weekend. I know Nathan Exley's heading up and also David Fowler as well and a few other media identities. Uh, of course, um, Blair Gibson from brizzyraces.com.au is heading up there. So, yeah, it's going to be a bit of a who's who in Cairns this weekend for the amateurs. And talking, um, of course, with uh, the great talent of race callers uh, across the state and young race callers, uh, Jared Wessels uh, was at Bundaberg on the weekend, uh, Steve, the hometown, and uh, we can hear Jared's call uh, coming out of that Bundaberg meeting. As crisscross takes off down the side, 550 metres to run, and it's crisscross out by four and a half lengths. Lucky Machu second, Murata's winding up deeper and wrecking ball. He's staying down near the inside. He's trying to work his way back into the race. It's crisscross coming around the turn, four or five lengths clear. Two on the outside, Lucky Machu. Murata's starting to wind up. Don't like wrecking ball. He's back on the inside in last. It's crisscross still bobbing at the 200 metres. Lucky Machu and Murata's winding up down the outside. Chris cross 125 to run Murata lucky Marchu they're coming at him crisscross hanging on hanging on crisscross and one crisscross by a half length to Murata and third in lucky Marchu about I bet he was tempted but he might even remember there was a hit song many years ago called jump by crisscross crisscross to make you jump Rob <laughs> there was there's always good music connections <laughs> with uh with horses and race calling Steve it's it's good to see and we welcome uh, Jared Wessels this morning. Uh, Jared, and I've got to say, that field, it might only have been a field of four, but an exciting race. And 
Boy, aren't they all some sand track specialist in that race? And crisscross now four from eight with four minor placings at the track. Good morning to you, Jared. Yes, certainly so. Good morning, Rob. Good morning, Steve. Uh, he just seems to have a, a real affinity with the Bundaberg circuit. Crisscross trained locally by Daryl Gardner. Uh, he's been a little bit out of sorts, but, but back on his home track, uh, getting him with just the 53. That might have just been the, the, the trick to him on Saturday. And it was a really tough win. He, he stole that big margin, but he still had to, to hold off uh, a couple of good horses. We know Murata, he's always consistent in those uh, those country camps, open handicaps around the bush. He's never too far away, and he was charging at crisscross late, but crisscross back in form able to hold him off the disappointment in the race definitely wrecking ball uh, he was the Bundaberg Cup champion of uh, a couple of months ago he would only had the three starts in Bundaberg for three uh, pretty comfortable wins and uh, official margin there just under 11 and a half lengths so there, there might have been an issue there and it probably pays to, to, to give wrecking ball uh, the one poor run there and that was the second leg of a double for Shannon Stephan, who's now down to claiming two. Uh, she kicked home another winner on the program earlier in the uh, Alton Cup maiden plate. Yeah, it was a popular winner. Uh, the Alton Cup was striking made, and this was a good performance, uh, able to hold off Scandina, who got in really light at the weights and, and looked the one to beat. Went off as our, our $2.10 favourite. Scandina brought some uh, pretty solid form from Mackay and Caloundra, but now all credit to striking made, uh, breaking the maiden at start 13 on Saturday. Uh, Kim Afford uh, has got her going well. Uh, prior to that, she was second at Wando and second at Gladstone. So in good form, striking made. I, I think there's another win in the, uh, the not-too-distant future for her. Jared, I didn't get to see or watch race one on the program, but I do know this horse well, hard enough. It's an all-too-hard, and uh, it started the campaign this time with the second out here in Longreach and won its last four. But the one thing I've always noted about it, if it gets to the front, it's extremely hard to run down. Did it lead all the way for Cheryl Rogers, trained and ridden on the weekend? Yeah, virtually uh, all of the way for hard enough. Was quickly out of the gate. Uh, straight to the front and was a, a pretty comfortable winner in the end. And yeah, as you say, absolutely uh, flying this horse. Now four in a row and uh, certainly in very, very good form. Dolce, she was back in trip on Saturday, another uh, local horse for Daryl Gardner, and she was just left behind. Uh, probably her best trip, 1,000 to 1,100. And just back to the 850 metres, she ended up back in the ruck, back towards last and uh, just had to check off heels as well a couple of times in the straight. That was a very good run. She charged through to grab second. And they did get away from the rest of them, uh, Master Denray third and Metro Tramp fourth. But hard enough. Uh, yeah, as you say, absolutely flying. Time was good, 248.35. So... Uh, no reason why uh, hard enough that uh, that he can't keep on winning. Yeah, versatile on a range of tracks, that horse. And the uh, the lady jockeys looked like they were on target again for a complete sweep of the program when the dream ahead uh, gelding dare to share for Cherie Vic and Kelly Gates got up in the Class B. Yeah, he was probably the most interesting runner at the uh, the Bundaberg track on Saturday, Dare to Share. He brought some very, very strong form. Fifth behind Star Tonnes at Doomben, uh, leading into this race and going back through his form. Uh, fifth Jumbo goal uh, in a maiden back in mid-June and, and Doomben. And prior to that, second to one common teams. It was a, a stakes dinner throughout the winter carnival as well. So uh, he had a big boom on him. The, the little concern was uh, onto the sand first time and with the 60 kilos, but uh, he put any doubts to pretty quickly dare to share he uh sat three and four wide around the speed and he, he came away for a very comfortable win in the end four lengths of margin and yeah, there was really uh, not too much concern for the favorite there and i did get to see the last race and chris mciver was met, uh, able to uh, stem the flow of winners for the lady jockeys with their four out of five uh, performance there and of course great to see chris get this win for craigley satina and crystal johnson i know the background with this horse this mare she's had quite a few issues and crystal's done a heap of work with her she's been in the money the last four and uh, 
And I know the Craigley Stud team always have appreciated Chris MacGyver's ability to get the best of this mare and the work that he's done uh, with it over the years. And carrying a 62, you would have thought the way the race panned out in that last 100, it was going to be in trouble, but Chris was able to bring uh, Craigley Satina home uh, a winner in that benchmark 55. Yes, certainly. So a couple of tough performances by the Quinella. Credenza running second, also had the 62. They were giving plenty of weight to uh, the other five in the race, but nevertheless, they came away to fight out the finish. And definitely, I think it's it's fair to say the toughest horse won Craig Lee Satina. Uh, win 10 for the uh, the Craig Lee team and a very, very tough victory. Landing some good money too with the, uh, the cutest money on offer there or, uh, for the Phillies and Mares as well. So a tough performance by the Quinella, but Craig Lee Satina, a deserved winner of the last for Chris McIver and, and Chris Johnson. And Jared, one thing I like to mention about cutest money that sometimes our listeners forget in the country, um, there's no age limit with horses in the cutest now in the country. So this is a seven-year-old mare by Warhead. But on every since September 1, with every country meeting, there is one cutest race somewhere in the program on every country meeting in Queensland. It extended that far and it's just a wonderful asset and continues to grow the strength of country racing and, and the tried horses that are appearing in the country uh, uh, meeting. So there's an example of it there. Benchmark 55, a seven-year-old mare uh, getting that cutest money in Craigley Satina. Exactly right. It's an added incentive uh, to, to race uh, in the cutest scheme or register your horses. Uh, pay up for the cutest scheme. Uh, I think she banked something like uh, close to 11000 or, or 12000 for winning this race at Bundaberg. So it certainly pays. And as you say, now you can uh, race right through your career and, and race for this money. So uh, the, the cutest scheme, it's certainly paying dividends uh, in big time for the owners. And where are you off to next with the calling, Jared? A uh, little bit of a break for me. I'm, I'm actually also heading up to Cairns for the, the, the big amount of car. I'm the only one weekend, that you can so. invite. <laughs> you're, you're the only, only one behind Steve. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So a little break up there. Uh, it'll, it'll be good fun. Good to get up to Cairns. Are you actually calling a race during the two days? No, David's going to look after uh, both days. So I'll just uh, I'll be enjoying a couple of uh, free days at the races to uh, to uh, enjoy myself, and I'll be back on deck next week. There's plenty of good racing there. As we mentioned, the Cairns Amateur Cup. I'm really looking forward to the run of McElroy again after the Cairns Cup uh, run at good odds. And we just mentioned before, Peter Rowe uh, handed out the tip for Desert Cowboy. He reckons he's back for his dad, uh, Trevor. So keep an eye on those up there. Have a great weekend up there. I believe Tony Clements, even though he's on holidays for four weeks, is going to head that way as well. Sounds terrific. You guys are the only ones left behind. <laughs> One day, Steve, it'll be uh, our turn to get up there, you think? Yeah, I'm online actually looking at flights now. I might go as well. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Thanks again, Jared, for a great report and great calling out of uh, Bundaberg. As, as always, uh, we'll look forward to having you back on Bushbeat the next meeting you're in uh, the country with. Thanks very much, guys. Talk soon. Yeah, Jared Wessel joining us, Bushbeat. 100 metre mark and Miss Bullet sprints to the lead. Gets a couple of lengths in front to Salazar, forged in stone. Still there on the inside, Trumpy getting through. Plenty of chances and gumshoe there with them. Down past 150, Miss Bullet's in front. The immediate challenger in the inside is Trumpy. Down the outside is Jockberg. It's Miss Bullet's in front. Miss Bullet's hanging on. And Lily Barr's got the Surratt Cup. Miss Bullet's beat Gumshoe and third home ring. Yes. Miss Bullets winning there at Surratt. The Diggers Cup on the weekend is a $4 chance. 1400 Lily Barr, the winning jockey, Rob.
And David Reynolds, we talked about that double at Emerald. David Reynolds, the winning trainer. And Steve Lilly was the young jockey. Yes. We mentioned uh, with Emerald that prompt reply, the horse that Scott mentioned down the track at Roma. That was a horse where Lilly was almost dislodged off and Johnny Rudd, with his excellent horsemanship skills, was able to... Uh, bring her back into the saddle and a great result with prompt reply getting the win and, and Lily backing up. Um, no dent in the confidence there, obviously, with this uh, win with Miss Bullets uh, for David Reynolds at Denman. Provincial runs at its last four, defeating Gumshoe and uh, Rinviata. So uh, great to see that, um, the result coming through for that young lady. That's an old war horse one there on the weekend that's been everywhere. Brian Neach won the open handicap at Surratt. Yeah, and Gary Gearan and Matt Crop, what a combination. This one was second at Dolby at its last run. Uh, it's only the second run for the stable, the Lonro eight-year-old now. So, yeah, uh, doing well and got up over the Gemma Steel Mount. Gemma's back in the saddle and been getting winners of recent times. And Hanover Square was second. He was a Battle of the Bush uh, final winner. And Harbour Trick, that was a good little field, that, as well, because uh, all of those gallopers, right down to music scene, it might have only been the five in the race, but they're all proven open company horses. And Brian H. Matt Crop's got another good one there. Maybe it's the sort of horse that'll end up in a country stampede uh, come December. But talking of young apprentices, um, Jasmine Cornish uh, rode the double on the program there. In fact, they came in the last two races with the cutest money going off for the Rodney Hay Galloper, Morricone. Another better than ready. They just keep winning. The four-year-old mare came off a fifth at uh, Rocky at its last run. It was the next Tony Gollan horse, this one. And uh, Rodney's got the cutest money straight away uh, with Jasmine on board, defeating Stella Way for Matt Crop and Disco Dougie for Scott, Ro uh, Scott Rogers. And uh, cutest money going off across the board. And then Jasmine combined with Pat Webster with um, Phoenix, uh, two, second run for the stable for the Spirit of Boom, uh, defeated Cappuccino and Bundora in the final event on the program. Uh, other winners on the day, the four-year-old Mayor Testarossa, Splashing Rossa for Mark Curry and Nathan Evans took the maiden plate over the 1,000 metres. And there again is an example where I was talking again before with Cutis, that Cutis race meeting, uh, the meeting there was on the benchmark 45, not on the maiden for the day, so it gets shared around. Uh, Splashing Rossa defeating Kudik and Ironstone Gell. And Jake Malloy, another apprentice, going well for William Pugsley with Tourmaster. Uh, been second at its last two runs. So it uh, broke through over King Coney and wedged. And as we heard, the Surratt Cup going to Miss Bolitz for David Reynolds and Lily Barr. And that's win number three when you combine it for the double with David there at Emerald on Monday out of that Surratt meeting, the once-a-year meeting. And it's great to see them back racing for the Surratt Diggers Race Club on Saturday. Um and, of course, our final meeting in the northwest now. Mount Isa's been doing an absolute stellar job, not only running their own race meeting, Steve, but they've held the meeting for Camerwheel, uh, which was transferred. Julia Creek rain earlier in the week transferred to Mount Isa. I think it's four weeks in a row since their big tab meeting. And uh, absolute stellar job, uh, the committee getting behind and making this happen for country racing. Uh, for, for the Julia Creek meeting, of course, Tanya Parry, you would expect a double on the day. Immutable for Jeff Felix. Uh, there's a Jeff who rode the, uh, the program out at Prairie not long ago. He won the benchmark 65 on the Poet's Voice. Immutable over Almighty Gold and Cash Bundle. But what a grand... Uh, uh, I'll come to that horse. I'll just go back to um, Tanya's other horse. Yeah, wicked, wicked. Grand old horse, Dan Ballard on board. This horse, he's a nine-year-old by wicked style. He's had two wins, two seconds, his last four. At the track, 
He's had 33 starts for 14 wins and 13 minor placings. Out of 87 starts, 19 wins, 24 minor placing. And he, he's one of these horses, he gets a pattern. Once he gets wins on the board at certain time of the year, he tends to produce them a few in a row. So it seems to be happening again, and well done. W- uh, Wicked Wiki, Tanya Parry, Dan Ballard over Torchbearer and Grand Symphony. The other winners there on the day, Kerry Crow, Costa Royale for J- with Jason Babarovich, the four-year-old by Delago Deluxe was second at Mount Isa at its last run, so it uh, backed up for the win, defeating Deep Seeded and El Rancho. Uh, Power Rush, Philip Cole and Denisha Smith. Denisha's travelling out. This one came with Darwin form, defeated Craigley Eltona for Tanya Parry and Cacto Blasters for Melissa Berry, and that was a benchmark 55 cutest event. Uh, Jason Hoopert and Stephen Roy's. Uh, with Zune 8, defeated Little Spoon and Blacks, and uh, that one came off a third at its last run there. But uh, Tanya Parry maintaining the uh, the doubles on the day, and, of course, uh, Steve, she came off the Country Trainers Premiership Award for last year. Huge number of horses up there in the northwest for Tanya, but they're producing the goods with doubles and trebles just about every weekend of country racing. Absolutely. We mentioned and the... Ki- sorry, Rob. Sorry. There you go. Sorry. Uh, no, I was just going to say the other provincial uh, aspects that came out of the week and talking about people with doubles. Well, when you went to Townsville, uh, Graham Cleesey had a good double up there. For Benny Williams, uh, a very good winner, Malongal Surprise. I think keep following that one. It's a benchmark 70 winner now over the 1,000 metres. And uh, Graham's other winner came for Cheryl Williams with Trapassi uh, on that particular program and at Rocky on the Tuesday. Matty McGilvray and uh, Adrian Coombe combining. One more field. They had a double with that. And K-Day uh, uh, in the Class 3 plate. And you heard Safina getting beaten at Emerald in that race uh, earlier on. Well, that was a winner on that day last Tuesday um, up there or in there at Rockhampton. When you're living in Longreach, it's in there on the coast. And, of course, today we've got the TAB meeting happening at uh, Mackay, kicking off very shortly with a three-year-old cutest event up there, Steve. Absolutely, yes. Um, just back to Cairns on the weekend. I heard Chris Whiteley say to Michael Charge, he's riding tutelage, he's chasing three wins in a row in that feature on the weekend, over 2,100. That's worth 150,000, that uh, Cairns Emmeter Cup. There's always something, something happening in Queensland country racing, Rob. Oh, definitely. And tutelage actually beat Macaro in the Cairns Cup uh, at its last start. Um, so the form line, it's usually quite interesting those horses will go through and continue on in good form um, given you know good track conditions etc that suit them so keep an eye out on that great racing on friday saturday they're the feature events coming out but as i mentioned earlier ilfracombe uh races in place of the baduri cup which was um, of course suspended with the covid situations and the calling off of the river circuit cloncurry race this saturday uh, as well as the cup meetings at gundawindi with the gundawindi kleinschmidt cup race day at Morvan, you've got the Morvan Cup race day. At Thangul, the Thangul Cup race day. And at Nanango, uh, the meeting there on Saturday as well with the five-event program. And as we often say, at this time of the year, the Cups just runneth over, Steve. And uh, great reporting will coming. Will hopefully come back next week with stories that people can email me at barkersnews at optusnet.com.au. If you've got good information and stories behind the winners or the jockeys or the trainers, please let me know. Um, and, of course, uh, anyone who wants to get a replay of today uh, on the Bit Racing Australia always put up 
the replay of Bushbeat and uh, of course the replays of all non-TAB and TAB meetings on the Racing Queensland website, Steve. Absolutely, and that Gundawindi uh, Cup on the weekend is a 1,400-metre race worth $11,500. I was fortunate, Rob, some years ago, I got to go to Gundawindi on a, the, the racetrack there on a, an ambassador travel trip, and we had a wonderful day out. It's, it's another example of a great country racetrack, grass track. It went to grass because they used to keep getting washed out uh, with their dirt tracks. In fact, part of my history, uh, Steve, my dad was primary school principal at Gundawindi when... Uh, and think of 1965, I'm going back, of course, when Eyeliner kicked me off in racing. But uh, I can remember doing the uh, the paper run uh, there uh, for uh, the Bishop family. And then that was the Gunsin days. And, of course, you know which grey horse I followed ever since after that. But yes, uh, wonderful little town, Gundawindi, or a bigger town than Longreach, that's for sure. Yeah, that and they'll have a great day there on Saturday. Yeah. Thanks for your time, Rob. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, listeners.